It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. WFO, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of WFO Radio. Joe Costello back in the studio after four weeks in a row of NHRA Camping World Series drag racing. It was awesome. Really, it was awesome. It was awesome and fun and exhausting and exhilarating all at the same time. St. Louis was fantastic. We had a great crowd. We had a great race, all kinds of action. It was was great. Simple as that, WFO. So if you're a fan of NHRA Drag Racing, if you're watching your first episode of WFO Radio Live, well, great, good for you. Why don't you share the show or retweet or repeat or whatever you do. Fire it off, let your friends know, because we just continue to grow with the little podcast that could, WFO Radio been doing it for over 10 years apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud we've got this uh you know the video element so people can chime in and put their thoughts and comments up on the screen but really most of our listeners are out there on our feed soundcloud feed apple podcast feed which i got to tell you i was shocked last week for the first time ever we eclipsed over thirty thousand plays in uh seven days right? For the podcast feed. Now, you know, what do those numbers mean? Do I believe any of them? Uh, you know, it's the internet, right? But I was thrilled to see that number up there. And thank you to everybody who listens on the podcast, whether you're driving or working or over the road or otherwise, we appreciate you. And the people who make it possible are uh, amazing. And I appreciate them. And I want to shout them out like Marvin Rodak, who I spoke to this morning, as we are getting ready to head to the Motorplex for the Stampede of Speed. Yep. I just have to say it that way. Every time Marvin's going to be there, give him a call 817-924-6821. Maybe if you're an NHRA fan and you're thinking about, uh, you know, going down to the stampede of speed at the Texas motorplex, which they're offering all kinds of extra money. They're doing a lot. Like there's going to be a go hang out and have beers with Don the snake, watch the movie with snake, uh, you know, Palmer with the nitro pro mods. Like it's a week long chaos drag racing event. It's going to be amazing. And uh, you should definitely go check out, the fall nationals portion of it, no doubt Four qualifying sessions, by the way, it's going to be really good, but Marvin is going to be there. His shop is in Fort worth. If you're going to be down in the area, go see Marvin and pick up a little habanero endorphin booster, hot sauce, or some coffee roasted fresh per your order. Do it. Go see Marvin. Good chatting with you, Marvin total seal piston rings, the leader in ring seal technology, TotalSeal.com. We got a brand new episode of hidden horsepower up Ron Hutter who has worked in drag racing and has worked in sports cars and has worked in uh, national Bush grand national and cup. And, you know, like, Hey, Ron, tell us some drivers you built engines for. Well, you know, Dale Earnhardt jr. When he won the championships in the, uh, the Bush series. Oh yeah. There's a good one. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Great stuff. These guys are all celebrity engine builders. Check out the feed for you podcast listeners out there. Uh, Hidden Horsepower, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just go to the TotalSeal.com website and you'll find it. TotalSeal.com, the leader in ring seal technology. Also, we got a new engine performance expo coming up in October, right before Bristol. So if you want to learn about how to make horsepower and all the things that are associated with it, not just piston rings, but the entire engine, the engine performance expo I believe Kazi's going to be back they're all going to be back it's going to be great i know that george bryce is going to do a bit with me we're going to have a good time so uh get that on your radar also samtech.edu the school of automotive machinists and technology thinking about the next generation of engine builders out there the next generation of machinists of crew members out there uh where do they get started how do you get started samtech.edu. Maybe you don't care about any of that stuff. You want to program a CNC machine for the likes of SpaceX or Boeing. Maybe you want to do that, right? 
Sam Tech, great way to get started. Great career, and they can place you once you are graduated. They're also approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. And then Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Frank, was was Frank just on? He was just, he was doing something with Summit today. Summit's got their own little uh, WFO-style show that they have adopted, and I appreciate those guys. And they had Frank on, and uh, I think it's great. And you know what? You support Frank, I support you. That's the way it works. And the Dragster Adventure is something you can do. Lowly you, race fan, wondering what it's like to drive a rear-engine dragster. They make it easy. I'm just kidding with you, right? Simple as that. And our friends at Nitro Fish, and of course, the WFO Radio store is up on the website, wforadio.com. All right, we've got them. I've successfully killed the downtime for Mr. Alan Reinhardt. What's going on? What's going on, Joe? Where are you? Uh, I'm actually in the studio in India. I had some uh, drag boat stuff to do for CBS and for MAP TV. So uh, I'm in India for a couple of days doing that and uh, just got wrapped up with uh, one of the one of the races from Wheatland and just in time. That is great. Just in the nick of time. Now, we would have we would have carried on. You could have been a few minutes late. That would have been fine. Uh, Gary Pritchett going to jump on after you are off the air. We're going to talk a little bit about his big match race this weekend. Right on. Listen to that. I'm hearing the show in the background. I feel like uh, we're we're watching the sausage get made. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's Ken Stout is uh, laying down some voice tracks for some uh, some commercial stuff for some things back there since we finished up the show and he had a couple other things to do. So I just uh, snuck out here into the lobby, as it were, and uh, logged in. That is excellent. I appreciate you logging in. and appreciate you double time in here on uh, WFO. So, wow, Alan, four weeks in a row. We said we would learn a lot at the conclusion. We have learned a lot at the conclusion, but we got to sort it out. We got to make heads or tails of it. Uh, you know, just from 30,000 feet, Matt Hagen is going to be real tough going back to back. They got a team that are hitting on all eight. Uh, the Tommy Johnson COVID fill-in win going to be a big part of it. But Matt is at full strength, clearly. Yeah, and remember, he won Brainerd, too, coming into Indy. So the fact the car did not run at Indy, but that car's won three times the last four times it's been on the racetrack. And right now, you know, he, he certainly stretched out his lead. I'm not ready to engrave his name on the trophy yet, but uh, I certainly wouldn't be wouldn't be opposed to double checking the spelling so you make sure you got it right when you need it. Because it looks right now like he has the team and has everything in place. Uh, you know, they just they're just not making any mistakes right now. The car's fast, the car's consistent, and you know, Matt certainly is is hungry to get back after having to take a couple of weeks off. So you know, right now they're just uh, they got it clicking on all cylinders. Yes, they really do. Like, if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to uh, raise the level. Like, certainly there are a few out there that are running at a high level, but what uh, Dickie Vanables and and Alex and Mike Knutson are doing and the way they're doing it, they got like a swagger. We're hoping to connect with them, uh, you know, Hagen and crew or Hagen later on in the week. Um, same, you know, Greg and Erica, that story. Greg missed the tree. Erica wins the race. That is a big deal. They are within one round now. And then Steve Torrance. Steve. Like he's so good and also catches breaks at just the right time. Uh, the amazing thing about Steve is like, geez, it seems like forever since he won one. How long ago was it? Oh, that's right. Three weeks. Uh, but you just get so used to seeing him every, every week. And he told a great story in the winter circle about, you know, how that final round went down. If you haven't seen it, you know, he missed the tree. I just got distracted and completely missed it. And he said he hit the gas and he's kind of cruising down there. And he thought to himself, man, I'm never going to catch him. And then, Selena said the thing come apart and disappeared and and Steve got away with the 140 light. So it was kind of a, uh, you know, a sequence of a sequence of events that distracted him when the tree came down. But uh, when it was time to go, he wasn't ready. 
And then Mike had problems. And Mike, credit where credit to too. Mike had been crushing the tree all week. He had been doing an outstanding job of keeping the car in the center of the groove. And that's hugely important when you're trying to run at the level that, you know, that Alan Johnson runs a car or that, you know, Richard Hogan and Bobby Lagana run a car. You can't drift over. You can't let it move out of the groove. You can't because you've got to, in order to put down that much power, you've got to be able to keep the thing going straight. you got to be able to keep it in the right part of the racetrack. And anytime you turn the wheel and the car does a little of this or a little of this, it's unloading a tire a little bit. And so it's critical. And Alan had certainly been talking to Mike about, look, you have to drive this thing straight. And up until the final round, he'd been doing an outstanding job. So, you know, if they keep that going, I don't, it would not surprise me to see Mike Salinas in the winner's circle before this whole thing's over with. Yes, uh, definitely. And let, let's uh, let's dig a little more deeply into top fuel like we normally do. The Brittany force, you know, I'm a big believer in streaks and what they mean and analyzing but you know you didn't talk about the joe dimaggio 56 game hit streak until it came to an end and it's like okay what did we just witness right like wow that was insane it'll last forever and it will forever right Brittany, eight races in a row as the number one qualifier came to an end with salinas she got a really strong run in that q3 but it just wasn't quite enough to take it back almost but um my goodness eight in a row now the sunday race day results haven't been there quite yet but it's still an unbelievable accomplishment. It is. And, you know, when Mike Salinas came out and ran 365 on Friday night, it was like, wow. Uh, and then, you know, nobody got really close to him until Saturday afternoon in the final qualifying session. And we got a couple more cars that were down there in the 60s. And, you know, Brittany ended up being in the number two qualifying spot, which is certainly, you know, nothing to shake your, nothing to shake a stick at. They need to close the deal on Sunday. And I'm not telling you anything that they don't know that David Krubnick hasn't said, you know, how many times you talked to him down on the starting line? And he says, yeah, that's great. But, you know, I, right. I love, I love the green hats. I want blue ones. And they, you know, again, came up a little bit short on Sunday. You know, the car had a cylinder go out. The math will forever go down and show that, you know, Brittany got beat off the starting line. But the reality of it is the car was out in front, put a cylinder out, and then Josh was able to get back around her again. So, you know, is that a budding rivalry? I hope so. It gives us more to talk about. It is definitely a budding rivalry. And they actually, we had Josh on last week. He said some stuff on the show. And, uh, you know, I guess I could do a better job of, you know, waving my arms and saying, hey, look, look, listen what they said on the show. Uh, but I really hope that the fans and the other journalists that watch are the ones that do that because people say things on WFO, you know, in many ways out of trust, right? That it's a hardcore audience that is going to take it for what it's worth. And um, a lot of that, a lot of that happened. But the folks on the Fox Sports One show did show the clip of Josh saying some things with Brittany. And there is a bit of a, a rivalry. Honestly, though, I, I don't know exactly the specific moment that he was annoyed about. But he is definitely, like Marvin says it right here, uh, single-handedly right now, damaging, because it's not over yet, damaging her championship hopes. He is. But, you know, he's got a great car, and we've known that from the day one, you know, when they rolled the thing out in Gainesville and ended up winning the race. Um, you know, had he run every race, he certainly would be in the countdown and, you know, potentially in the mix for the championship. That's his future goal. But right now, he's just going to come out here and try to play the spoiler role. And, you know, it, he's, got himself a, he's got himself a good race car. He's got himself a good race team, and they just need to be solid, and they have been so far. Okay, so how you want to do this, Alan? Because you may not know, but – in uh, in this uh, 
program that we use, you know, there's a stream of comments constantly going, and I only put some of them up on the screen, but there's like six of them talking about various rumor mill, silly season subjects, which, you know, may or may not be true. Some probably are true. Some are not true, but everybody wants to talk about what is the latest rumor? Oh my gosh, the latest rumor. Um, you know, how, how do you normally handle that stuff? Well, I think the best thing to do is just come right out. You know, uh, it's true. Joe and I are going to run a pro stock motorcycle team. Uh, he's going <laughs> to tune. I'm going to drive. Yes, uh, of course. Could, I'm not getting right. on one of those. <laughs> Who's that? Okay. Who Ken, that is? Ken Stout says hi. Hey, Ken, how are you doing? It's a little blurry. You've got a little blurriness, but your audio sounds great. Um, I, I got my cool. earbuds in. Um, you yeah. know what? I try to stay away from rumors. Uh, it's it's interesting. I had a, I had dinner with Neil Strasbaugh and his wife last night here at a, at a place in Indianapolis, and we sat chit chat a little bit. And he said, point blank, he said it's distracting to the teams and it's a pain. He said, like hypothetically speaking, okay, let's say the rumor is that uh, you know Joe Costello is going to leave and go to a new team. That's the rumor, right now. The guys that work for Joe are all going, well, am I going with you? Do I have a job yep. next year? Do I, I mean, do I need to be looking? What are they? And it distracts from the job the teams need to do. I know the fans love to talk about it. I know everybody wants to feel like, you know, hey, I'm the insider. I got the scoop. I know something nobody else does. But, right. uh, you know, I, I would really, really rather just focus on what's going on on the racetrack. And the rest of it, we're all going to find out soon enough anyway. Well, exactly. And I have always been, and I feel like we've done the show for 10 years and built so much trust, right? So much trust because I will choose to talk about something when it happens, right? Like it's going to happen. Let's wait for it to happen. And then we'll talk about it. And who was the first guy that put it out there? You know, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. How many times has that first guy gotten it wrong, damaged his credibility and, you know, never gotten a story ever again. Like, that's not really the way I work. So here's what I'll say to everybody posting the rumors in the comments and everything, right? Things that have been bantered about. Uh, just trust in WFO that when the time is right, we will discuss all of these things in their entirety. And very probably the players will be willing to come on the show and discuss it themselves because we didn't uh, delve into things when they were rumor that may end up not being true, right? Like they may not being true. We go down a rabbit hole or they may be true. And then you'll get the real story. Like that's my pitch to everyone. Um, because this is not that kind of show, like a rumor mill show. But it, and it really, you know, the fans all, like I said, everybody wants to be the insider, right? I know the scoop. I know, you know, Hey, I broke the story. I had it before anybody else does, but I don't think any of them realize the damage that can be done. You know, whether it's distracting the race team, we have seen, absolute times in the past where it's like, you know, Hey, I'm negotiating with Joe. Okay. I'm negotiating with Joe. I'm trying to get WFO to sponsor my race car. Joe and I are talking. We're, you know, we're making some progress. There's some possibilities here. There's some stuff going on. And then just for fun, I go have lunch with Jed Coffin and somebody goes, Oh, yes. well, Reinhardt, I need to deal with Jed Coffin. Da, 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 da. And Joe goes, okay, that's off my list. Yep. It has nothing to do with what the truth is, but now I just lost a potential deal because Somebody wanted to start a rumor. And, you know, just for the record, uh, you know, I bought lunch for Jeg that day. It wasn't a business thing. It was just, a, you know, we talked about golf. And, but right. especially with the Internet out there right now, it's so easy for the stuff to blow up. Right. One person puts it out and then it's like, OK, woof. And and the other thing is, you know, hey, 
if I go, Joe, I heard that, uh, I heard that, uh, you're leaving WFO radio and you go, well, that's not true. Go, oh, well, yeah. you know, that's what I heard. And then I go tell somebody else, you know, Hey, I heard that. And then by the time about the third guy asks you, if you're really leaving WFO radio, the wildfire has started and it doesn't, it doesn't help anything. It doesn't do any good. Is it fun to talk about sometimes? Yeah, maybe, but not, you know, not in a public forum. And the fact is, I don't know anything. I know there's a lot of rumors out there. I am reasonably certain that there are going to be some changes in the off season, but I don't know. And I don't have anything that I can cast in stone. And if negotiations are going on between this team and this player and this sponsor and this stuff, let them do it. You know, they can do it without being distracted. And they also still have to get out there and try to win races and win the championship. So that's kind right. of my take on it. And there, and uh, what I will say is this though, before we move, move on, um, you know, those kind of stories are definitely fun, but you know, weighing like the bantering about and, and the thinking about them and kicking them around uh, versus the potential damage that can be done is a, a calculated decision that, I, you know, that I'm making out here because I, I, I like talking about that stuff, too. Uh, I retweeted one of Brian's tweets where he says there's going to be a lot of stories like this year's silly season is going to be considerable. And Kevin McKenna reinforced it. And you know what? Judging by the sheer volume of rumors, meaning like there's a lot of stories being bantered about. Let's say there's 10 and six end up true. Well, that would be a very eventful NHRA rumor mill silly season. It's going to be fun. People are going to like it. A lot of people are going to be proven wrong about the things they say, especially the impending doom and death surrounding NHRA Camping World Drag Racing, number one. Like, number one, I will, I'm happy to tell you that those people have been proven wrong. If nothing else, that story has been proven wrong that, oh, it's over, right? Bring us a body bag. Uh, instead, quite the opposite. There are so many different things out there that we can't we can't even go into any of them. So anyway, I just wanted to say that for everybody posting out there. And, um, you know, there are other shows that will definitely dive in on them. You can probably understand, given the position that. That is not a healthy thing for us to uh, to attack and, and, and put uh, what might be true out there because it also might not be true or it might fall apart. And then that just, uh, it does a lot of damage, like Alan said. So let's get back to it, um, unless you have anything else to add on that. Well, I just, you know, I've been out here a long time and I am kind of proud of the fact that I can walk in anybody's trailer and I can ask questions, I can see stuff, I can get information. And if somebody tells me, hey, this is off the record, that I keep it off the record. And if I started, you know, going straight to the keyboard or coming straight here and going, okay, well, this is what I heard, then they're going to stop talking to me. They're going to stop giving me the access that I have. They're going to, and that will damage the way I do my job. So, you know, part of my job is to, I think if somebody tells me something in confidence, part of my job is to keep it in confidence. We're all going to find out when we all need to know. It's as simple as that. Exactly. And Lonnie says, I asked because it was uh, on TV broadcast and I did have not heard what uh, what Brian and Tony said. And and so I would have to go back and listen to what they said. And fortunately, we'll be on a couple of times this week, Alan and working on Erica and Matt for later on in the week. And we'll definitely talk about uh, that kind of stuff. And, and there's the shows for the Patreons as well. But this one, I don't know, this rumor could be true. Chris, Chris Gerritsen is going to stop using the top end throttle stop. Gerritsen says he's going to stop using it. Trust me, he says. So when he's slowing down, don't worry. He's going to speed back up again. Yeah, it's a tough deal. How about Kev with this one? Silly season rumor, Joe's going to replace Bruno and Pro Stock for Elite. At least you won't be involved with the burndown. Not true. 
First run out, I'll be involved with a burn down. Even if it's in qualifying, I can never afford that for those guys. All right. So a couple of runs I want to highlight here. First of all, Spencer Massey back in a top fueler again. And he told me, oh, you know, bracket racing. Uh, yeah, I talked to Pat Dakin as well. Like if Spencer and Pat Dakin get together, that's another car that we need that could run maybe six to eight races and could win some races. So I just want to shout out to Spencer and uh, hopefully he continues to do this because I think it's great. And uh, he raced Antron. He won. Antron raced him. Antron won. And uh, just kind of a fun thing right there. Steve and Antron second round. Steve gets through. Steve Torrance didn't have an easy day. He ran Sean Langdon. He ran Antron Brown. He ran Josh Hart. And then ran Mike Salinas in the final round. So all tough stuff. You mentioned Josh over Brittany. Brittany dropping a cylinder. Definitely losing over a tenth on her car. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side of the ladder, Mike Salinas as number one qualifier goes through Kyle Wurzel, Trip Tatum, and Leah, who just blew the tires off instantly. Salinas is 11. Steve is 142. Totally missed the tree. But as you said, Salinas got out of the groove. Steve is the winner. Steve takes the points lead. But it's not over yet. We still got, what, four races to go. Long way from home. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not over yet. And what the rest of Top Fuel needs to do is not let the Capco boys get on a roll. Because as we've seen in the past, you know, they don't just win one occasionally. They are notorious for winning one and then another and another and another. And they start reeling them off. So, you know, obviously that's their plan. But uh, anybody else that wants to get in the middle of the championship next day, they're going to need to do something. I also think we need to give a tip of the cap. You know, Doug Coletta didn't end up with having the longest day. But they made a crew chief change over there at Coletta Motorsports, even this late in the season. And Doug, if I'm not mistaken, made his best ET run of the year this weekend. So it looks like, you know, that was a good decision. And and as I said on the PA when I'm here, you know, sometimes or in St. Louis, sometimes a baseball team's not winning. You bring in a new manager. It doesn't yeah. mean that the old one was, but sometimes you just got to do something. You got to have, and you know, Aaron Brooks coming over there is a really sharp guy. Uh, he has been as of late helping out, you know, some of the smaller budget teams and some of the part-time teams and just trying to help them get up and down the racetrack. But uh, as we have seen him in the past, when he's in a situation where he's got first rate equipment, he's got a first rate budget, he's got that uh, he can certainly make things happen. So, uh, you know, Connie decided, and you know, that's another rumor, right? That in the offseason, something's going to happen over at Coletta. Uh, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But maybe Connie's found the solution and he's already plugged it in this year. Well, exactly. And Aaron Brooks, great guy. Like, uh, and but I'm, I'm, that's the thing. You become friends with these people because how could you not? Uh, Rob Flynn, good guy. It just, unfortunately, uh, didn't work out here in this situation. He's got a lifetime of drag racing experience. I wish him well and hope he gets uh, another gig. And that's how I felt about Aaron Brooks when he got released from his most recent job with Justin Ashley, where he powered Justin to his first win. And, I, you know, like, what do I know? But I, I always ask the question. I can tell you that Aaron Brooks has got the background and I was happy to see him over there and uh, good success. And, and we'll just wait and see, man. Like, that's why people don't realize that it's a crazy three dimensional jigsaw puzzle that is going together. And to try to only talk about one piece of the puzzle is really, really challenging. And so, you know, honestly, and sometimes, you know, personal getting a position just kind of gets stuck in a rut. You know, I don't think it'll be very long before we see Rob Flynn. Somebody's going to call him and say, hey, can you come help me sort this out or straighten this out? And we'll see him back there on the racetrack. And, you know, sometimes you just need to change your scenery. I, 
I don't think anybody thinks Rob forgot how to run one of these things or that Rob can't do it anymore. Uh, it just, for whatever reason, it wasn't working. Somebody's got to make a change. Connie made a change and we'll see, you know, I've seen so many of these that it ends up being good for everybody. Uh, by the time all the moving pieces finally fall in place. Exactly. And uh, what, what is the good news though, is all the cars that are out there like trip Tatum. I want to shout out to trip because you know, he's kind of a quiet guy. I talked to him a fair amount, but very serious individual. And he has been out there pushing cars around and helping in the morning and really doing a lot of like sweat equity work that he doesn't need to be doing. Trip could be on a beach somewhere and this car is together and guys came out like Chris Affler back. Booger was back out there helping out and everyone was helping out. That car showed a lot. Like if he can go 10 races, the sport will be better. I agree. And, you know, I think a lot of what he was doing when he was out there hanging out was that he doesn't want to be the guy that just shows up with a helmet and gets in the car. He wants to understand. He wants to know how the things work, why they work. What's So, you know, as we've seen over the years, a lot of, a lot of mechanical knowledge with the car, I really believe can help make you a better driver. You know, when you look at, when you put Robert in a funny car, if it's doing, he knows what it's doing. He knows what it, he knows if he feels something wrong or something. And, you know, is this something we can get away with? Is this something we can't get away with? Is this, and the guys that have been around and had experience, I think that's a plus. And I think, you know, Trip, you know, knowing that this was coming, knowing that he was putting it together uh, and you know, could have probably done it a year ago. Just, you know, write the check and get in the car. But I think it was a matter of that he really wanted to have a better understanding about the whole system. And so that's why he's been hanging out. That's why he's been learning. That's what he's been doing. And, you know, the performance of the car showed off, showed off very well this weekend. And I agree with you. If he'll come to eight or 10 races or 12 next year, come on. We'd love to have you. A couple of stories that happened throughout, like Leah did it and also JR did it, breaking out backup car mid-qualifying session because they just weren't feeling it. Uh, car wasn't going straight or a little wicked down the racetrack. And so they broke out backup cars. Uh, the point is over the course of the three qualifying sessions in two days, like a lot is happening at these events all of a sudden, like everyone realizes it's go time and that's because of the countdown. I know there's been debate and even on this show when Billy was on, I was like, yeah, man, I really understand where you're coming from with the loser appreciation program. But at the same time, all the great benefits like, an intense seven races where everybody realizes their back is against the wall and they have to do everything they can at every race, whipping out backup cars in mid qualifying because they, they, you know, there's desperation. Like, I don't know. I think the desperation is making it better and more exciting. Well, I don't know that I'd use the word desperation. You know, sometimes things just aren't working. And, you know, if you've been running that same car now with four races in a row, a lot of runs, a lot of passes, and I don't know, uh, you know, what the run book or what the log book looked like on either one of those cars. But if you get to the point where it's like, you know what, we're 10 runs away from having to think front half or we're 10 and maybe it's just time to make a move early. And we've seen a lot of guys do that in the past as well. You know, when you can say, okay, we're going to have a new front half put on the thing every 50 runs or every 75 runs, whatever your number is. But that doesn't, you know, that's not necessarily a set in stone number. If the car's running well, working well, why not put another 10 or 12 runs on it if it's doing everything it's supposed to? And if the car's not doing what it's supposed to early and you have the resources and you have, why not retire it a little bit early, so to speak, go get it refreshed and bring out something else that you're more sure of. And, you know, it's, it's championship racing and it's professional level racing. It's not hobby level racing. So if that's what you've got to do to come out here, then that's what you do. And 
sometimes if what you're doing is not working, you can either, you know, do the old definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing and hope for a different result, or you can change something. And if the thing you haven't changed or the thing that is, is the chassis, the car itself, change it, see what happens. Well, see, and my point is though, that doing it mid qualifying, as opposed to just waiting to the next race. Like, I think that is a product of the countdown. Uh, yes and no. I mean, there's a few times during the course of the season that we'll see that happen, you know, even in the regular season, just, you know, sometimes you're just not feeling it. And maybe, maybe the intensity wraps up a little bit, uh, ramps up a little bit when we get into the countdown. Uh, you know, certainly you, you've got a deadline now. You've got a real deadline now as far as making more points and making stuff happen. So that probably does play into it some. So Edwin is out there. Does anyone know about Tony Schumacher? Will he be running in 3022? I think he meant to be yes. saying 2022. And the, yes. <laughs> the answer is, you know, yes. Edwin, rumors and rumors and rumors, et cetera, rumors and rumors and rumors, blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. Funny car. Hagen, number one qualifier. The run with, with him and Caps for number one and two which, was which just, one? well, the final one, final qualifying where Hagen stole it back from Caps, who stole yeah, it Yeah, because the Hagen. Friday night run side by side was so bad. Yeah. It was that was definitely low level <laughs> entertainment compared, but what it, it was, it was like heavy hitters slugging each other, like bringing the best. Not that we don't always get that, but down in the 80s, really laying into it. And Hagen, number one, earns that by run. Uh, Wilkerson goes out first round, did exactly what he didn't want to do win first round out, win first round out, loses to JR. Unfortunate for Wilk, JR versus Hagen. Hagen wins, Hagen beats Cruz, Hagen to the final. Other side of the ladder, uh, Caps and Force. Force takes out Caps. Force takes out Robert. And Tasca takes out Force. Tasca to the final. Let's focus on Robert versus John, though, because people are talking about it. That's not rumor. That's a, a subject point. A lot of people have said that uh, they thought that, uh, you know, right there, that could be a scripted uh, loss. Um, I've spoken with John. John says, absolutely not, 100% not, no way. Well, in the first place, the Auto Club of Missouri is a huge, huge backer. They're a big part of, of AAA nationwide. Uh, so you ain't going to do that in their backyard. In the second place, you know, it just Robert's not going to throw away the chance. That's just not the way he's wired. I don't think you could make him do that. If No way. In the third place, if you wanted to throw a race, there's way better ways than that to do it that wouldn't look so wonky. And, you know, if you want to talk about people throwing races, I mean, why the heck would Caps throw the race against Force? Right. Yeah, by sitting If Robert there. goes up there and has a 120, whatever it was, reaction time, and aren't you guys all going to be screaming they threw the race? Why in the world would Ron do that? Because it's nitro racing and because things don't always go according to the script. Um, now, I, no way, no how, no chance was Robert going up there to throw that race. And when they were in final qualifying, they're sitting down in front of the tower. And before they started the car, I told guys, you're sitting on John right now. You need to move. They had, and they made a good clean run down the racetrack, but not a good enough one to move. So, you know, they go into Sunday race day and, and not the way you draw it up, but uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. You will never convince me that that was a tank job. Now it's okay to think about though. Like that's the thing. That's, that's being uh, you know, a fan and being active and thinking about it. I thought about it. Like, is that something they would do? Did they do it when Robert did? People were suggesting that they were going to do it in advance, right? Like, Oh, that's it. But wait a second. At that point, at that moment, you have got five races remaining. It's not the time to do that kind of stuff. 
if you're Robert Height, like if you're John Force, either one can still win the championship. Robert and Jimmy Proc, like, do you think Jimmy Proc? And so it, it causes a deep dive into the thought process. Like Chris Cunningham and Jimmy Proc, are they really happy uh, doing that? With oh, I can, I can, I can look at this. Look what I just did. Look at what I just did right there. I just did this. I can, I can mute Alan Reinhardt. Boom! Just like that, I did it. It just doesn't make sense. That's the answer. Like when you think about the parties involved, the people involved, the money involved, the people who are the actual players, the competitors in race three, first round in a seven race countdown, nobody should be diving to anybody because there's still so much that can happen. And I said, I spoke with force 100% denial and said that anybody who thinks that is not understanding racing. And so I am, I am, uh, I've thought about it. I've run it through the processor and I agree that that is uh, not an accurate statement. There you go, Alan. What do you think about that? If anybody saw the look on Jimmy Prock and Chris Cunningham's face when the car did what it did, you'd know that they weren't planning on losing that race. Because Jimmy, how many times have you spoken to him? When the thing sets a record, and yeah, well, that's a pretty good run. When the thing, well, you know, that, that, but he's very, very even keel. Doesn't get real high, doesn't get real low. He's been around this a long time, understands that, 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 that. And the look on his face when that car did that would, I think that would tell you everything anybody needs to know that he was pissed that that went, that that happened and that they had lost that race. They certainly were not going up there to give it away. Yep. And uh, Daniel Wilkerson out there, I suspect that John staging first messed him up. It meant messed me up just watching <laughs> and uh, <laughs> etc. cetera. Uh, Gary Pritchett out there. We're going to speak with Gary. Gary's going to be on the show after we uh, finish with Reinhardt. Going to talk about Gary. Gary's got something good going on here this weekend, but I yes, appreciate- Gary, I do. You know, I do. You love the race day. You love the race day. Hats off to Bobby Bodie. Bobby Bodie, wow, the story of the race, I think, the number three qualifier. And the kid is all youth and, and enthusiasm, and they've got a little program going on there. Wilk is helping him out, and uh, Pittsburgh John has got that car running, running down low especially. Like, wow, wouldn't it be great if Bobby Bodie could get out there and do half a season or a full season and find some, like, young person sponsor? Well, you know, anything that gets him out of ASU, that's going to help right. the kid later in life. No, no doubt about it. No, the cars weren't good. You know, earlier this year, it had a great run going to half track, didn't make it. And there was a lot of people in the pits that kind of went, yeah, okay, it's something, you know, this is bogus. But then he came back this time, had a great run going, and it did make it. And I think that uh, that'll put some of the doubters to bed there. But they've got a, you know, they've got a good car right now. Uh, if they had the budget to come to more races, it'd be great. You know, I don't know what his school schedule is going to be, how much he can get away or what he's going to do there. But uh you know, it's uh, it's nice to see somebody, and he's to me, you know, very young, very you know, a fresh new face. But he also seems very like humble, right? Like he's very fortunate to be here. Like I can't believe I'm a kid that was in junior dragsters a couple of years ago that's now driving a nitro car. He, he doesn't. He has never come across to me as a kid. It's like, well, I'm a nitro funny car driver because my dad was, and you know, it's my right. It's my. He always seems just like I say, very humble, very grateful for the opportunity that he's got, and I think he's trying to make. Absolutely, definitely. And Reinhardt is frozen up. Let's hope he uh, is able to unfreeze. That was you. Oh, that was me. Definitely, I froze. The um and and caps. What a great interview, right? When Force got him, he's like, man, I I he got me, and. 
what can you say, right? When Caps is so honest like that, and he's like, he got me. I got thrown off by John's starting line technique and just took it. Simple as that. Alan is frozen. Alan is still frozen. Alan is unfrozen. Now you're unfrozen. All right. What about that? I'm blaming that on you. I don't think it's me. You can blame it on me. That's fine. I'm used to it. But now you're back. I so think it's what you. Do you? Okay. Are you still? Am I frozen still? Yeah, but what should I have the power to do this? I'm hearing you now, but your video's not moving. I, yeah, I, that's... I'm in a broadcast television studio that has enough Wi-Fi to do anything you want to do. So I'm blaming you. Yeah, but I, I don't think so. Like you're all blurry, but it's possible. Anything's possible. We do not. We are not in a broadcast television studio that has enough Wi-Fi to do anything. So, uh, bottom line, though. Uh, let's move on to pro stock while we still got you. Whereas Erica Enders, right, wins again at Gateway. What a shock. But the way she did it, getting a 10 over Dallas, who's 001, unbelievable. The girl's amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. The racetrack is good for her. She feels very comfortable when she pulls in there. And uh, one of the things that she said in the winter circle, she said, you know, I've been a little bit off all day. You know, they didn't have lane choice going into that final. And, and she said that, you know, hey, here guys came over and said, look, here's the deal. If you're 10, there's no way you can lose. Just go up there and be 10. No way you can lose. And she goes up there. She's 10 and she wins a race. You know, if she's 13, she loses the race. It's crazy. Dallas is double a one on reaction time. And even if he'd have been perfect, he's still going to lose the race by a thou. But that's what pro stock has come down to now. You know, Greg missing a little bit on the starting line when he had a car that was certainly capable of winning uh, and just couldn't get it done. But the championship, I was stunned when I saw it at the end of the day because I was doing the math in my head. I'm not, you know, I'm not a number cruncher usually. But I'm thinking when Greg went out, when Eric, I really thought she would win the race. She would take over the point lead, but she's still back busting around. Right. The uh, qualifying points making a big, uh, big difference uh, in that. And Greg, yeah, had an 081. Mason was 23. Greg would have had to have duplicate that 51 run to uh, get around him. And 080 is not going to get the job done. Uh, and I think GA knows it. He's still got the points lead. He said flat out he's. You know, he's trying to be at his best and he's definitely in competition, but Erica is unrelenting. And I think what we saw in the final round, a perfect example. I think you're right. You know, she likes having the number one on her car. She would very much like to keep it. Um, you know, Greg would like to nothing better than to show off for Mr. Hendrick, you know, have him step up and with the sponsorship and, you know, tying the record, potentially setting a record and bringing a championship back to Hendrick Motorsports would mean all the, all in the world to him and certainly couldn't hurt him on the sponsorship front either. So he is definitely racing with a, with a whole lot of goals in mind. A question that was uh, up in feed a little bit earlier. I know we were supposed to get a walkthrough of the call made on Aaron Stanfield the previous week. I was not able to connect uh, and receive that. I heard anecdotally, but maybe you uh, have something to share. And just like that, we've lost Alan. They got him. They got. I'm going to kick him out. I'm just going to kick him out. All right. And uh, Gary Pritchett, you can uh, you can join. Should I text him right now, or does that count? I think it does. All right, now you're back. Look, it's perfect. Did you hear what I said? Well, I, I just logged out and logged back in just to see if that would help. Excellent, it, and it has helped. So, okay. uh, what I had said was, did you get your uh, explanation of the call on Aaron Stanfield the prior week? Uh, I did not because I was running around doing other stuff. But uh, maybe you have something to share on that, some added element that uh, kind of soothes people in the way things went down. Well, after everybody looking at everything time and time again, uh, what it comes down to is they believe with very 
high, uh, high percentage of certainty that something triggered the guard beam. Now, whether that was something on the car or something else, I don't know that. But, uh, you know, the guard beam, for, for people who don't know, there's a rule that says the front end of the car has to be three inches off the ground. And that is to clear the beams on the starting line. There are three beams, actually, that go across the starting line. There's a pre-stage, there's a stage, and then there's the guard beam. And what the guard beam does is just exactly what it sounds like. It guards against something dragging through the beams. If you've got a rag tied around the, you know, when you leave the starting line, so that would keep your car in the beams for a long period of time. If you trigger the guard beam, that will start the clock just as surely as if your car leaves the staging beam. And the car was staged. It was in place. It was where it needed to be. And something triggered the guard beam. And that's when the red light came on. And you look at the rest of the numbers, too. Even though Aaron shook the tires, uh, you look at the 60-foot number, and it was off. You know, that the clock certainly started before the car moved. Well, the clock starts when the guard beam gets broken, whether the car is moving or not. So I'm sure that the guys at Elite have gone back and gone over that car. I'm sure they've measured everything, you know, to the tenth of a thousandth of an inch to make sure that. So whether there was something, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be a big something. I mean, it could be a zip tie. If there's something that's just big enough to break that beam and something broke the guard beam, that's basically what happened. Uh, but I said, you know, I'll say the same thing that I said last week. What we said, 2000 cars on the racetrack or something during the course of the weekend. There was one question on the starting line. I am not throwing the timing system under the bus. I believe that something either on that car or something happened weird on that run. You know, we've been to races where over the course of the weekend, you know, you have six or seven things that just look a little wonky and you're like, okay, something weird's going on here. But when you have a couple of thousand runs with absolutely no questionable anything, and then you have one problem, the one problem way more often than not is with that car or isolated to that particular run. And I'm certain that's the case here. There you go. No, I, uh, I tend to agree. And I've spoken with Aaron during the during the race weekend and they've kind of gotten to a happy place on, uh, on the deal. It's unfortunate. It was a terrible situation, obviously. Uh, and oh my gosh, it took us a week to get to the analysis as opposed to instantly, but we got there. And so that's what matters most. Um, other winners, Joe Aerosmith and comp. Great job, Joe. His first win, Robert Cruzen with that Pontiac powered Superstock cobalt, uh, Ryan Montford, Nick Eisenhower, Jeremy Mason, Larry DeMars, Aaron Stanfield wins the championship and wins the race in the constant aviation factory stock showdown back to back champions for him. Uh, and then the summit winners, which was kind of cool, um, all across the board. Any thoughts on any of those? Just that it was a great race weekend. We had really good weather. We had really good crowds and we put on a really good show. You know, from from the side by side qualifying started Friday night with the funny cars both went 388 or 332 miles an hour to, you know, the top fuel final when you didn't know who was going to win until literally the light came on. Uh, I think it was I think it was just a great race. We had good weather. Gateway's a great racetrack. You know, the management and the team that are there. Safety Safari did an outstanding job to make sure we had a good racetrack to run with. And uh, yeah, this how many times is it? Give us good weather and we'll take it from there. I do want to know, though, anybody that's in the St. Louis area or in the Illinois area, this weekend is going to be a very big Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series event. I'm headed back there tomorrow and I will be there this weekend. We'll have alcohol drags for an alcohol funny car instead of top fuel and nitro funny car. 
but uh, it should be a heck of a show out there. I'm expecting probably four or 500 at least from soil competitors, and there's a lot going on there. Blair being Blair has done some really wacky stuff with tickets, so get together with your friends, and you can save some money by coming out by the carload. Speaking of tickets, I got to go see the Stones, man. Chris Blair is like yeah. my favorite guy now. The How Stones. was it? It was great. It was great. Yeah. First time seeing the Stones. Saw the you know the kickoff to the new tour. And uh, I have, uh, you know, if you go down the chain of who's to blame for this, uh, I have you to thank because Reinhardt texts me top of the tower. Like, OK, there's always like a little cool down afterwards among the employees and everything. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, I'll go to that. And then I got that. Reinhardt and I are talking. And then Blair comes over and he's like, yeah, man, the Stones. And I was like, oh, I was going to go to that. But I guess not. And he's like, no, uh, Eric has got a ticket. Next thing you know, I'm at the Stones. Thanks to Eric from Gateway Worldwide Technology Raceway. Thanks to Chris Blair. Thanks to Reinhardt. And not only that, but a couple other folks got hooked up as well. And so everybody was happy. I saw Mick Jagger, the guy's 78 years old, still looks like he's, you know, 60. It's amazing. Yeah, at the, uh, you know, at the end of the nuclear holocaust, you know, cockroaches and Mick Jagger will be the only thing that's still alive because I don't think Absolutely. anything can kill either one of those two. No, nothing natural. Nothing natural. It has to be an unnatural thing. Alan, okay, great job. I'm glad, you had a, I'm glad you had a good time. That's awesome. It was great. I saw the stones for the first time. Bucket list. Check. All right, Alan, great job. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week as we get ready for the Stampede of Speed. Look forward to it. Looking forward to heading down to Dallas, and we can preview that next week. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. There he goes. Alan Reinhardt talking about next week, talking a little bit about St. Louis. But before everybody goes, stick around, man. Gary Pritchett, one of the Capco boys, coming on right now to talk about something going on this weekend. We talked about it a few months ago, Gary, and this is the weekend. I want to. I want all the WFO radio listeners in the Maryland regional area to come see you. Tell us what's going on out there. Uh, this weekend, we're going to Bud's Creek, Maryland, um, Maryland International Raceway. We got a big event coming up. It's the Bunny Burkett Tribute Race, which uh, we kind of talked about putting a race on for her for a while. And then uh, Jagger Naves from Earth Shaking Entertainment, which is somebody I grew up with. We actually used to foot race each other in the um, staging lanes and pits for, for bets. But um, he kind of took it to the next level and kind of put some uh, feelers out there to see if anybody wanted to come. And we, uh, you know, we, we said, uh, does anybody want to come and run in Bunny Burkett's memory? And we figured, you know, maybe seven or eight cars would show up. And after about a week or two, it ended up growing to 30 plus cars are coming to this event with no pay and no purse. And they're just running in memory of Bunny. And it's alcohol funny cars, nostalgia funny cars, front engine dragsters, pro mods, a um, couple big name uh, top alcohol dragsters. They're all, we're all match racing each other just to run in memory of her and put on a show like she loved. Um, one of the, you know, there's a lot of little uh, awards for like longest distance traveled and best ET, best uh, reaction time, low ET, top mile an hour. But a special one that Bunny always did was the longest burnout uh, with the American flag, obviously hooked our injector, but um, there's a purse for that for both rounds of uh, 1700 to pay for the longest burnout. So you're going to see multiple eighth mile burnouts and it's going to, it's going to be one for the books. And I'm very excited. Wow. That is great. I hope, and we have a lot of listeners in that area. I can just know from, people that I connect with on a pretty regular basis at those races that uh, in the area, do you have any idea what a ticket cost uh, to get out there? And this is I where wanna, Bud's Creek, Maryland, Bud's Creek, Maryland. I want to say it's $20 to get in for a day. It might be uh, 
35 for the weekend. But still, that's great. And this is what, Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, so it's a Saturday event. It's a three-day event, uh, event, which is the Supercharger Showdown. And it's been going on for about 36 years. And we've almost been to every single one with her car. And uh, a lot of the proceeds of the ticket sales, there's actually a Funny's Complete 1986 Top Alcohol winning Funny Car is on top of the snack bar. And most of the proceeds are going to go to that to repaint the car on top of the snack car and restore it as well as uh, our favorite charity, which uh, may be breast cancer or something else that she loved to do. Oh, wow, Gary. That and the Bunny Tribute is on Saturday. And then the uh, first round is at 6 p.m. Second round is at 8 p.m. And it's like Chicago-style match race. So the two low ETs from those rounds will come back around 9.30 p.m. for a final run. That is awesome. All right, can you win it? I know you want to win it. Can you win it? We're going to do the best we can do. Um, obviously, it's a really special event you want to do the best you can just like when you go to any race um but this one's a little bit more uh more like an a to b situation put a put a good show on do a really good burnout without hurting anything i'm yeah. gonna say that i'm probably gonna try and win the burnout contest because miss bunny would definitely try and win the burnout contest um we might even have to refill the car after the burnout you never know you never know what you're gonna see you're gonna see pro mods versus funny cars front engine dragsters versus i mean alcohol funny cars nostalgic it's just it's something you haven't seen in a while it's kind of a lot like the funny car chaos it's chaotic it's uh it's just a cool event and we're really looking forward to it and there's they also have their normal supercharger showdown which is like a lot of outlaw cars awesome the warrior outlaw cars they got a pro mod pro mod race there too big pro mod guys are going um it's going to be a if you're in the area don't miss this event don't miss this event for sure if you're east coast maryland hey i'd say that's definitely worth a 200 mile drive guys and there's millions of people and many wfoers all right let me ask you about your day job like your normal gig you guys won it you retook the points lead that final round was crazy and chaotic and steve gave a good example why don't you give us your version of it as you're watching the starting line and your driver go through that uh are you talking about the final round yeah final okay. round Normal final round. I mean, I'm, I'm a driver too. So I like to look at the tree and the staging very well. Um, kind of seen everything that was happening there, happening there. And it kind of threw me off a little bit too, because you don't expect that. And obviously the, the pre-stage ball was lit pretty early and that kind of throws you off. Cause you know, you sit there and wait for your crew chief to tell you when to go in and that ball was already on. So before the other team team of guys walked away, but you sit there and that, that bulb's on. So you're like, hmm, I wonder if the foot's in the beam or no, there's no foot in the beam, but it kind of throws you off. And then you go into stage and then you just do your normal routine. Well, you pre-stage, then you stage and you're ready. And the next thing you know, you know, you're focused, focused, focused. And this little light just goes out over there. That'll throw you off. And it threw me off and it threw him off. And I'll be honest with you when the cars left, and the scrapper's car was about at the 60 foot by the time we left and, I kind of was just like, oh boy, this ain't good. And I kind of turned like this, oh, this ain't going to be good. And at the last second, you kind of see Salinas's car kind of make a move at the end. You're like, wow, there's no way he's still pretty far ahead. And then your wind light comes on. I just like, I don't know how we just won that, but it happened. And uh, we just went A to B and got down the track and made a good run. The, um, the competition's uh, tougher than ever everybody is throwing down in the countdown you can see it everybody's lights are on um the scrappers guys making unbelievable runs selena drove great all day sunday i mean you've seen his lights um everybody everybody's got 
good lights and good cars. Josh Hart, I mean, the guy, he's unreal, comes out of nowhere. Same with Trip Tatum. I mean, yeah. I know Trip's kind of related to us, so he's a really good friend of mine. I mean, just to be able to come to a race and like, oh, this guy, Trip's coming into race, and then he throws those numbers down. You, you go up there and race him, you got to be, you know, 50, 60 on the tree, and you got to have a, the best run you can make. So it's been interesting, that's for sure. Well, and I've I've loved it, and uh, you know the you know the countdown. I know Billy's against it, and Steve doesn't like it, and I totally understand why. I get it, yeah. but at the same time, there are some great benefits, and and I think we saw this weekend, right? Like, why does Josh want to run these races? Everybody has raised their game, pulling out backup cars, doing all kinds of stuff to get the most out of right now. There is no tomorrow, like no. Apollo Creed said. There is no tomorrow. It's only about now. And, and I really like and appreciate that. Gary, I, I really hope our, our listeners go out and see you guys this weekend. Shout out WFO to you. Let you know that uh, that they heard you on the show. Uh, have a good time. I know this is where your heart is. And yep. uh, I appreciate it. And, and my God, for a drag racing fan, um, that sounds like an awesome show. So go have yes, fun. Sir. Be safe. Win that burnout contest, okay? We'll do our best. Thank you for having us on, Joe. All right, Gary. Later, bud. Congratulations. Thanks. There he goes, Gary Pritchett with us here on WFO Radio. Hopefully you guys will go out there and check out that show because um, guys in South Florida like me, we do not have the option to go see that show. That show is not available to us. We would love to have a track nearby that would do things like that. It would be so great to have some sort of local regional facility that we could go see such a thing, except that is not possible. And so please go. And I think that there's a good, like everybody's going for no purse and no payout just to pay tribute to Bunny Burkett. Come on now, go do it. Go do it. All right, everybody, put your comments in the comment section. I know I skipped over a lot of questions. I'll address some of them. I'll address some of them. My goodness, but we got a lot of answers. What a show it has been. I uh, do want to remind everybody though, like our Patreon community who get their special show. I guess I'm going to have to do a Patreon show here in a little bit, right? Get everybody up to speed. Tell them all about all the rumor stuff that I know about. Ah, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Come on, patreon.com slash WFO radio. I did have a very interesting experience this past week. At the end of the, uh, once again, I got drafted into the Fox Sports One show. I got asked if I would be uh, able to help out, and I was just scheduling uh, difficulties and issues, et cetera, and so on. And they keep asking, and I keep saying yes, because, of, of course, what a wonderful honor to be uh, pulled on that show. And they also played a couple of clips from WFO radio. So I wonder if we've got new listeners. I hope we do. Always trying to grow the show, WFO, right? After all my years at Sirius XM and in the Miami market, this WFO radio, it's uh, its my thing. And so I, I would love to grow it as big as is possible and continue to build our relationships and the trust within the community, community of listeners as well. Uh, every week when we get a new Patreon or somebody who comes on board and decides to support the show and you know they get something, I always minimize what it is because honestly it's unbelievable that I, I get to do this at all um, that it's worked out and drag racing too. I've been a radio guy and a drag racer and now they've merged together and it's a, it, it's a, a bit of a career. Wow. Amazing. And uh, I really love what I do and I love the people that I'm around and I love the sport tremendously. And so uh, those of you who want to join the Patreon community, you can go to wforadio.com and find out. And we just let people choose what they want to do. You know, a lot of those other Patreon people, it's like the people who are paying $10 get more than the people who get paid, who pay $5 a month. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I guess, but ours is uh, it's up to you, whatever you feel like you can handle and we'll give everybody the same stuff. The guys who pay like $50 a month, you know, like I call them at home and make sure that they're okay. 
they get a wake up call, you know, whatever. Marvin Rodak. Let's get back to this. Comments in the comment section, guys. Rodakscoffeeandgrills.com had a nice conversation with Marvin this morning. Everybody is uh, calling me today. I don't know why. Four weeks in a row. But coffee, hot sauce, spice rub, grills, tools, tips, information. He's going to be out there at the Stampede Speed at the Texas Motorplex. You know, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, like paying extra money, a um, bunch of interesting stuff. It's going to be interesting to watch. Definitely Q2. going to be interesting to watch. Uh, but Marvin Rodak going to be out there. Give him a call, 817-924-6821, rodaxcoffeeandgrills.com. Also, Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. Total Seal, their website, hit them up, listen to the podcast. But also, if you're building an engine, like if you're building an engine, or more importantly, an engine builder, if you are uh, even an OE uh, rebuilder, that kind of thing, call Total Seal. They can help you. Products that work better last longer. Uh, why would you not? Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology, Brian Massengill and the family, and of course, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, frankhawley.com. And a big shout out to our friends at Nitro Fish and our own WFO radio store. Uh, if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope and do all the busy work, I will send you some WFO radio stickers. I'm about to send out a bunch of that right now. So uh, yeah, right after the show, I go right into the office and do that stuff. P.O. Box 848-353, Pembroke Pines, Florida, 33084. Also want to send a very special shout out to our friends. Where is it? Dave and Sue Morris. Dave and Sue, who lettered their car for Jacob Caulfield, Team Jacob, went out there and won Super Gas at Virginia in the Northeastern Division points race by one thousandth of a second over, I guess it was Jim Perry in the final round. So congratulations to Dave and Sue Morris, a couple of real racers out there, if I do say so myself. Dave and Sue are now semis and a win with the Team Jacob stickers. Amazing. Congratulations to Dave and Sue Morris, um, who are WFO Patreons and have become great friends. Like uh, what they did for my little nephew out there at Charlotte, it was amazing. They were really trying to bring him into the fold. And he did, my little nephew, just so you all know, he asked me, he goes, how did Matt Hartford do? And I was like, wow, this is the first time you've ever asked about anybody, kid. And he he asked about Hartford. I told him Hartford, you know, saved a car. Like got crazy sideways at 1,100 feet and somehow gathered it in and saved it. That was nutty. And I talked to Hartford and he said flat out, he goes, man, it's hard to lift when you're winning. I can imagine. I can imagine. A lot going on. Congratulations to Aaron Stanfield. Factory Stock Showdown winner. You know, the Factory Stock podcast still lives, but uh, we'll have Aaron on WFO to talk a little bit about that. Let's get the comments. Let's see what you have to say. Everybody out here in the comment sections. And there were some, like, all right, for instance. Okay, Troy says, fall fling starts today at Bristol. Yeah, Spencer Massey was all st uh, stoked about that. Spencer was like, man, fall fling, he's going to be there. Look at this, Mark Stockseth. It was just Aaron's time in the barrel. Talking about uh, Aaron Stanfield and the red light, I would guess. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot to it. It's it's a complex story. Complex. But Aaron Stanfield, the whole thing about Aaron is that his years in the sport are mostly in front of him. And the way that whole thing works, a call against, a call for, you catch a bad break, you catch a good break. You're going to catch some bad breaks. This was definitely a bad break. But from what I've heard, 
and what Alan just said and what I've talked to Brian about, that guard beam situation feels very, very legitimate. Now, you know, the stuff that happened in between, I I feel like it's all been smoothed over. So move forward. But what I would say to our fans is an over-the-top negative reaction is never good. To be a little thought thoughtful in the way you respond, even on the social media, is is better. It's a better way to be about anything, about any subject. Like hold your fire, hold your fire. And uh, Aaron did that. I think Aaron handled it real well. He was not happy. He was not upset. He waited. They thought they had a conversation. A week later, it's been smoothed out. His time in the barrel. Why was Saturday not a sellout? Why was Saturday not a sellout? That's a good question. Um, I don't know where you would have fit more people in there. I think that it's a meaningless statement. Like once you've sold all the tickets to announce to everyone that you've sold all the tickets, what's the point? It has something to do with COVID, right? Like maybe you don't want to announce that you're pack, pack capacity. I don't know the answer, Roger. I don't know. But I know that there are still people that think the whole COVID pandemic is fake. I know that those people still exist and they're holding our world back. They're holding us all back. But they're, that's their right, right? To hold us back, to hold back the economy, to hold us all back. They're totally entitled to do that. That's their right. Um, let's see. Frog in the box. And this guy says moths, moths, big money bracket race. Yeah, it's guys, it's not moths and it's not a frog in the box. Thanks, Doc. Let's see. About the stones. You lucky, uh, yeah, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, man, the stones. Thank you, Eric, whoever you are with the pork chop sideburns and Chris Blair and Alan Reinhardt. What a crazy chain of events. Yeah, I'll go up on the top of the tower. I've only been here 14 straight hours. What's 14 and a half? I'll have a couple of beers and Blair's got a couple of beers there and we're just chatting and it's great. And he's a really nice guy, got a cool dog and the whole staff there at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I like them a lot because it's like a one-off privateer deal, right? Curtis Francois saved the track from certain death and has now built it into a juggernaut that has IndyCar, NASCAR Cup, and NHRA drag racing. And any chance to go, you know, bond with those folks and uh, enjoy a, a beverage, I'm going to do it. And next thing you know, we're talking about the Stones. And there were people in our hotel were talking about the Stones. They were all the Stones fans were there. So, of course, I'd like to go see the Stones. And I was going to use the Polly the White Guy scalper move where I go find a guy selling tickets and I offer him like, you know, 1% of the value and either he takes it or leaves it. And I was getting ready to do that for my own fun, but I probably wouldn't have because, uh, you know, I was tired. But then this guy, Eric comes over and says, if you buy me a beer, I'll give you the ticket. It's like done. Here we go. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm at the stones texting this guy, Eric, and he didn't even show up. He didn't even go. So I found a couple of other friends, George and Jeff who were down there in the lower bowl, right? Cause originally I was going to be in the upper deck lower bowl section 130 or something straight on from Mick and uh you know security was kind of lax and I got to sit there and this is uh what is it give me shelter encore number one it was incredible I saw the stones man the stones for the first time I had never seen them and it was the first uh first gig without Charlie so some people might say Joe you've never really seen the stones which is also true but it was a great time and what a capper to four in a row where I can tell you that everybody worked their tails off, like into the ground. There was a lot of work going on. So yeah, Jim, 
I saw the stones, man. The big rock show. Hey, Alan, can you link buses together? Like get in as one bus. I don't really understand what that means. Uh, hi, stay home. It says Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Bill, anybody televising the race? Oh, you mean the Gary Pritchett race? You know, I was going to ask him that and then I held it back because no, go, go to the race. No streaming. Go 200 miles. Worth it. Go two and a half hour drive to go see what he just described for a great cause and to just be part of some cool local track Saturday night, Bud's Creek, Maryland. Just go. No, no stream. No rate. Maybe there is, but I don't know. Just go. But Bill, you're a California guy, right? I think Bill, I know Bill. Bill's a Cali guy. And uh, if memory serves me correct, uh, we've met a couple of times at Pomona, if memory serves me correctly. And um, I would like a stream too. <laughs> Maybe someone will send us one. We just got to watch out for their Facebook feed. Someone will go Facebook live. What up for Gary Capco? Everyone's saying good luck to Gary. Uh, good show. Joe says Barrichello Nitro is my hairdresser out at the track. We haven't had to put that into use, in use but now I have one. Um, you're going to do some live feeds of the race. Oh, look, I fell behind for Gary. I was too into talking to Gary to put the comments up there. Sorry, guys. Awesome job this past weekend at the track. Great show as always. Uh, George Culp, I was there. I know. Meaning Worldwide Technology Raceway. I guess so. Younger, better looking Steve Evans down track interview with Joe. Oh, let's not say that. Let's not say that. But thank you, Craig. I appreciate you. And I got a great shot and video of your car, Code Red, from the roof. I'll text it to you. Um, I got to do live TV. That was fun. Honestly, guys, you know, I try to be real honest with everybody on WFO. Uh, I'm I'm not going to get too excited about that. I think I like it a lot, but I'm real happy doing what I'm doing. Whenever they ask, I'm honored. And that's it. Uh, Tater, I heard someone is trying to buy Palm Beach International Raceway, but that's just a rumor, LOL. Yeah, people are saying all kinds of crazy things. On the internet about Palm Beach, they have a bill of sale. Like it is sold. Like it is a done deal. Like it is over. Like we lost. But that's just a document on the internet. And there's a lot of fake stuff out on the internet. I think that we need to keep on pushing. And the performer known as Pitbull has taken an interest. And also the local police departments are waving the wet red flag to the county. You will experience a massive increase in illegal street racing, street racing incidents, and deaths if you close this facility, which is uh, in existence for 50 years, et cetera, and so on. And so I am not willing to quit. I will tell you, though, that many, like a large percentage of the local racers there, the bracket racers that I know, friends of mine, they have quit. They've quit. And it's, sh it's shameful to watch them just roll just roll over, unwilling to sign a petition, unwilling to even bother to add their signature to it because it will do no good and we've lost. And it's very sad, but that is their opinion and they're allowed to do it. But we'll see. You never know, but it's not looking good according to what you see on the net. Uh, you are great at what you do. Thank you, Barrichello. Thank you. I just try, what I do is try to have a good time and love drag racing and be supportive of my uh, my friends and coworkers. That's what I try to do. Uh, we like seeing you as a Fox reporter. You do a great job. Thank you, Blake. That was fun. It was very fun. They used a clip of the show. I got to do some live. I got to, uh, I've had an amazing three week run that I've learned so much in three weeks that it's, uh, it's amazing. If I never get to do another moment, I will have learned a lot.
Your passion is your gift to all of us. This is a crazy statement. Thank you. Don't say stuff like enough of the sucking. Neil Rogers, who I used to work for, had a lot of people that loved him greatly. And the problem is that, you know, that stuff, it just sounds like so much fluff, right? Like nobody wants to hear everybody kind of, you know, kiss the butt of the host. Nobody likes that, guys. So stop. Enough of the sucking. Okay. Stubo, Jim Essex. Nobody likes that. You're damaging the show when you do it. Write me a nice letter or something. Uh, Stubo. Yeah, they won. They won. Winning a super gas race is hard. They won. Yeah. Uh, tell that to all the boomer fans. It's not the young fans complaining. It's the older fans that act like that. It says drag racing central. Okay. Let's not blame my parents' generation. Cause my dad got me into this. Let's not blame the boomers. I think it's the people in between like that me generation. Those are the evil people, not the boomers. Well, uh, some boomers, I'll give you that. But I just feel I, I can't, I don't like to blame a generation for something. But there are a lot of people, Drag Racing Central, that their first reaction is negative. To complain. Complain about everything. Like, it's so easy to complain. And everybody wants to complain. And so they complain, except they don't realize they're doing great damage to themselves. Because people don't like a complainer. They don't. Are you going to Pomona in November? I intend to. I intend to be in Pomona in November. Yes. The answer is yes. I'm in Denver. Ah, oh, there it is. But I've seen you in Pomona. Oh, look, it's Michael Phillips. What's he got to say? Thanks for the info uh, in North Carolina. Good looking out, bud. Oh, Michael Phillips. Yes, Michael. I, I, I'm honestly thrilled that I got to give you something that was worthwhile. And for those that don't know, I was watching Michael, who I'm a fan of Michael Phillips. Everybody needs to know that. And he needs as many fans as is possible and really should be out there full time riding a fast bike. And if Michael Phillips was out there riding a fast bike in the mix, battling people i think the sport would be better and more popular because this guy i think knows exactly how to walk on the line of trash talk but fun and respectful he'll trash talk you and he's on a bike that is you know it's underfunded or however you want to say it michael i don't want to insult in any way it's just man this guy should be on a fast bike and watch out he'd be winning races left and right but anyway his leathers were really loose like very loose flapping in the breeze and I just told him, and I don't know, I was like, hey, man, what's up with the leathers? They're flapping in the breeze. And he said, thank you for telling me. I need to know that kind of thing because I can't know that. And he didn't have anyone helping him. So way to go, Michael. Sorry I missed you in St. Louis. Sounds like a good time we had maybe at PRI. Maybe at PRI. I'll be there. PRI. Doing some stuff for Total Seal at PRI. It's going to be great. Uh, you've been put off by live television because J.R. Todd. I have not. And stop with the J.R. Todd thing. J.R. is J.R. and I have a longstanding, respectful relationship. OK, what's amazing is that you guys see something and come up with a thousand ideas of what it might be. And just like the Ignition show, it's there's no point in going there. I save that kind of stuff for the Patreons. Uh, you think uh, something on the Internet might not be true? Ha, huh, exactly. Right. But there's a document. It's on the Internet. I saw it. I saw it on the internet. There was a video. There was a produced video that was on the Facebook. It has to be true. Of course. The way I look at all this stuff, guys, is that I need to cross-reference all sources. If it's on Facebook and then it's somewhere else and somewhere else and media outlets, as much as some people choose to not trust the media outlets that they don't like, you know they're not allowed to just blatantly lie, right? Like, that's the thing. They have teams of lawyers on staff you're not allowed to just say blatant lies as a media organization. So if something shows up in five places, 
legitimate places that are opposite of one another, that's how you know. I've seen the bill of sale in one place, Facebook. That's just not enough. See, all old tracks need to do what Firebird in Idaho did. National Register of Historic Places. Protect it. Yeah, that would be great. Miami Hollywood Speed Speedway had that as a possibility, too. You can see the tree over there, so it did not work. But I, I would agree. But that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to continue yourself as a viable business, to continue to grow and expand and improve your restrooms and make it a place that people want to go and not a place that people feel creepy about going and have things that are fun and exciting that people want to be. And so you can pay your taxes to your local community. And they say, hey, man, these people are paying taxes to the local community. We want to keep them going as opposed to a blighted old thing with splintered wooden bleachers that no one wants to sit on. You know, a lot of the problems in drag racing have a lot to do with the people in drag racing. It's just true. Hey, Norma. Look at that. The Stanfields are celebrating because of Aaron getting the job done. And he won the race too. It looked like JR got mad at you at the top end. Is that what it looked like? I'll have to go back and see. Well, not necessarily all of them, but you look on uh, social, 90% of them fit the agenda. Agenda, Yeah. You know, I would, I would debate 90%. Maybe it's just 60%. But I get what you're saying. 10-year-old leathers. Yeah, that'll do it. Someone needs to get Michael Phillips some new tight leathers, man. Some of those shiny ones like Matt and Angie have. Like the Aruba bike. We'll be in Dallas. I will be in Dallas. I get in on Thursday. Big D. Going to go hang with Marvin Rodak and uh, Bobby Graham and our WFO meetup Patreons. We have the largest WFO meetup every year at the Texas Motorplex. And uh, we're going to try to do some fun stuff on social media. Neil God. This guy knows Neil. Exactly. Joe, quit being naive, please. I don't even know what you're talking about specifically. Just in general about, yeah, you'd have to be more specific, says 426. And then I would, you know, who's being naive now, Kay? It may not be the way, but it's a way. Clearly a ton of supporters at the track. Absolutely. But where is that? Did you say it was Utah or something? Idaho? You know, it's different in West Palm Beach, Florida, where there's limited land and unlimited demand. It's pretty much the way it is. People on John Force's page uh, were whining about Tony in the booth. Yeah, I saw that. He needs to, uh, you know, I was just wondering if Tony is going out of his way to say positive things about staging and such. Everyone needs to quit with the negativity. Everyone does need to quit with the negativity. Like, you really need to think about that. Like, what's, what is, what is me being negative ad? I did see the anger on the John Force pages. I did not hear what Tony said. I haven't been able to go back and watch the show just yet. I did speak with John. And I believe John because of Robert and Jimmy Proc and Chris Cunningham. Let's imagine the conversation like, like use our brains to imagine the conversation between John and Robert. So Robert, here's the deal. We know that this is first round with five races to go, but we have decided that you and all of these guys and this whole crew, you've got to lay down for me because I happen to be ahead of you in the points. It just doesn't fit the facts. And Robert and Jimmy and Chris all just go along with it. And nobody says boo. And Robert does the deal and falls on his sword for John. I don't see it. Because Robert Height is capable of winning the last four races. I mean, they haven't been the best car lately. But with Jimmy Proc and Chris Cunningham and those guys, Robert, they're capable of doing it. and so. 
you know, I asked straightforward and I got an answer and I believe it. Now, Tony, he's got his own fact base and opinions and history and past and all that stuff. So his opinion is his opinion. And that's why people like him because he does not hold back his opinion. Like I hold back my opinion sometimes. But then again, you know, Tony Pedragon, man, that guy's paid. I'm kidding, Tony, if you're even out there. Stop gap until a new operator can take over and improve the facility. You know, the problem, Troy, is that it could be such a great facility, Palm Beach International Raceway. They haven't even made an attempt for the last 20 years. It's not even a real effort. I'll give you an example. If Curtis Francois from Worldwide Technology Raceway bought Palm Beach International Raceway and just applied his methodology, it would become maybe the most successful racetrack in Florida because, you know, they're rarely open, extremely limited staff, and they're like operating to not lose money as opposed to make money. Does that make sense? And so what are you going to do? Joe Lee, so ready for the week of activities at our home track. Joe, make sure you eat at Campazos in Waxahachie. Okay. There it is. You know me. Restaurant recommendation. I'm there. Thank you, Joe Lee. You told him he was ninth and he turned around fast. May have been how the camera made it look. Yeah, maybe, Max. Maybe. I'll tell you this. The experience of being the television person and the experience of being the in-venue NHRA.TV person is a different experience. That I will tell you. Lots of old articles show up on Facebook. People need to read the dates attached. Good show, Joe. Thank you, Scott. Look at everybody. Camaras. I think I've been there. Is that the one with the extremely uh, hot and spicy salsa? I think I've been there. I think Andrew Hines maybe gave me that uh, recommendation. Me either. I grew up watching Heads Up Pro Stock in the 70s and 80s. It's a shame. I don't know, man. I feel like what we see in Pro Stock right now is as good as it's ever been or better. Like the Pro Stock guy, speaking of negativity, see, there's this is one that the guy in Drag Race Central would probably feel like, where? Heads Up Pro Stock Racing in the 70s. Maybe he's talking about Palm Beach. I don't know. But what I think we're seeing in Pro Stock right now is unbelievable and epic. Dallas Glenn, 001. Erica needs a, a 13 or better and gets it. Great racing. Alan had it right in front of his sponsor in a VIP suite, 100 feet away. I don't think so. Alan had it right in front of his sponsor in a VIP suite, 100 feet away. I don't think so. Um, the John thing. Yeah. But you did think about it, and I did think about it. And watching that match, match up in, on the ladder, I thought about it. You're just like when Billy and Steve ran second round and Billy out of 140 light. Like, you know, to not think about it, that's naive to think about it and process it and put it in the processor and come up with a, a thought. That's all. Like uh, the Billy and Steve deal to me is more likely, even though it's never happened in the past because they are one team sponsored by one company that it's a family. Like, okay, like that would make a little more sense because everybody wins together. Whereas John and Robert and Jimmy and Chris and all those different sponsors are siloed. And someone is going to be like, wait, what? That just makes less sense to me. Isn't Robert the only one that came from the number 10 position to win? Yeah. 
came from way back. Fine, Joe. I'm just trying to think of a solution. Lock the gate. No, Troy, that's not what I'm saying. Get out of here. I know you're joking around. But we do need solutions. And that would be great. I don't know if our local community is going to do it. Send me the paperwork about Palm Beach. That's what I figured. Yeah. I got there eventually. I will get there eventually. Oh, man, that's so loud. All right, guys, we're done. We're going to be on tomorrow. Maybe. With who? Who knows? Thursday, potential for Erica. Potential for Matt Hulk Hagen. And I've also invited Dickie Venables to be on with Hagen. Because we never see Dickie and Hagen together, right? I don't, like, very often. Final comment. This season has been a great thing for the NHRA and excitement in all classes. Yeah, exactly. It's about what you choose to acknowledge. There's positive and negative in every day and every second. How much of the negative do you want to push forward? How much of the positive do you want to put forward? Well, positive stuff creates positive stuff. And negative stuff creates negative stuff. So what do we want to create? It's a choice. It's just a choice. A lot of people, you know, get off thinking about negative stuff. Creating something that causes doubt, pain, sadness, confusion. They're, they're making it. They're doing it. They're making it on purpose. For fun. For fun. We had 21 top fuelers. Where's the comments about uh, the great... You know, we have short fields. So what would this be? A long field, right? We had a long field. We had 21 top fuelers all there. How great was that? Pro Stock has been amazing. Where are all those people saying, you know, I was totally wrong about Pro Stock years ago. It was being a dying class. Now it turns out. And there's big Pro Stock news on the horizon. And the thing about the rumors, guys, like, you got to understand. I'm not going to entertain specific stuff especially if they might be true because then what if it blows up right is it blowing up because of us let's let it play out the season has been a great thing great show that's it and of course there's always the patreons there's always them all right guys thank you so much appreciate all of you we'll be back either wednesday or thursday or both who knows the ignitions in the archive wfo thanks to gary thanks to alan